Check one, two. Check, Check one, two. One, two. <laughs> Okay, I mean, I mean, what better way? Um, (laughs) um, Alice, are we gonna see if it's clipping or not? This this looks a little less (laughs) burnt. Way to go. Oh, is that going to be playing right now? It's up to you. You do the post. It's true. Yeah. Shout out to our engineer. Yeah. Um, We are back. Yeah. Are you going to do like a... This is the actual episode seven, right? I'm not going to screw this up this time. You're not going to do ADR this time. Yeah. No. Um, No post work on on patching that up, people. This is the Movie Blues Podcast. I'm Dan Lyons. And I am Dan Ender! Um, <laughs> wait, did you have that, like, that was, like, the plan all along? Yeah, or? yeah. I fucked wow. It up. Yeah. I, had... I didn't know we were doing fancy entrances. <laughs> we're doing fancy entrances now, y'all. Um, yeah. I'm gonna have to step up my flair. I had that shit planned for two weeks, and then I opened up the thing, and it fucking made the noise and just spoiled everything. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Is that an app you downloaded to yeah. make that? Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this is the commitment. That we go through for this podcast. Yeah. We pre-prepare apps yeah. for sound effect gags. Yeah, it's like a Z Morning Zoo type thing happening now. <laughs> um, welcome to the show. We are back uh, in the studio. This is going to be the last episode ever in the original Movie yeah. Blue studio. Yeah, so there those of you boxes. who haven't seen it, you know, sorry. Yeah. Should we post like... It's not your fault. Should we post like... We should take like some good like professional shots of here, and then compare it to the new studio, and then you know like when we're at like episode a hundred, really fucking see how far we've come. Um, I'll see if I can find us a good photographer, like yeah. someone to come here and take shots of the two of us. You can wear Rachel's wedding kimono, <laughs> which is which is behind you. Um, uh, so um, today we are going to talk about the movie Crawl, which we saw in theaters like fucking minutes, minutes ago. ago. Yeah, um, on a Friday morning. We've seen two movies now, uh, live in theaters, uh, Godzilla and Crawl, both uh, At 10 in the morning. reptilian, scaly boy features, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, both at 10 in the morning. This yeah. one, blessedly, was not in 4DX. Um, I wanted to share with you my experience um, from a couple weeks ago with Rachel. We went and saw uh, Spider-Man Far From Home in 4DX. Oh. Um did it like cover you in webs of jism? Well, a couple things. First of all, this time in the 4DX theater, I noticed that there was a button on the seat on the, on the handle um, armrest that said, "Sorry, I'm having a little stroke." Um, that said, "Turn water on and off." Yeah, that that was. I did not know that the, that there was an option. Uh, I feel like 
we talked about that that was an option. I think on the pod you mentioned that that was hmm. an option. So very early on, I turned mine off and let, <laughs> kind of let Rachel just get like um, basically bukkake yeah. by Spider-Man <laughs> <laughs> the entire time. Gently, um, gently missed it. Um, and uh, this time, I did not have really a good time with the 4DX, uh, mostly because I had sprained my ankle and had like a grievous internal wound basically going on um, for those reasons. Uh, during all the major action scenes when I was yeah. being rumbled oh, no. around in my chair, yeah. um, my leg felt like there was broken glass inside of it, and yeah. I could feel like all of my tendons like screaming. I didn't even think about that. I was trying to get us to go see this movie in 4DX, and I'm also, oh, I would not. I'm also you injured. Have, yeah, you would have definitely re-injured yourself. Dan and I both have practically the same injuries. Um, Nala, are you okay? This is, our, this is the first major pod episode to have my pug in the room yeah. at the time. Already regretting it. Yeah, I was going to say, is this, we, we're now one of those pods where you're going to talk to your dog in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be deep thoughts with Nala. <laughs> Are you going to be a good girl today or a bad girl? Oh, I think that answers that. Okay. okay. For those at home, her response was to start chewing on the chair arm. Okay. Um... I think we're going to take a pause. I might, I might put her away. Okay. That might be a good All idea. Right. So right. that was the whole episode. Thank All you, guys. Get uh, ready for take two. Crawl, 10 out of 10. <laughs> Sick. Okay, I've harnessed the beast. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be jarring for people who are listening to this in the car where they're just driving and all of a sudden it's just like... No, because I live in Philadelphia and listen to the rap station all day. <laughs> Boom, 107.9. Um, 98.9 drops that noise about once every 35 <laughs> seconds, so pretty sure everyone's used to it out there. But uh, um, So uh, I guess we're going to kick off this episode by rifling suit through some things that we are currently watching. Yeah, it's um, been a while. And uh, yeah, it has been a while. Um, lots of things have happened in the uh, TV world uh stranger things came out i don't know if you've watched that show i uh i watched the first season and i watched like a quarter of the second season and then this forgot is... about it entirely yeah um I, I don't i don't like it nearly as much as everyone else seems this to. season was kind of tepid for me okay i thought it was uh really great in some respects um and a little bit cheaper and a little bit lazier in others it's one of those shows that sets up like a solid mythology off the back bat and then like can't really follow through with it it's almost like x-files okay where they like don't even fully know what they're trying to do like first season was all about the upside down and yeah. and ooh, what's this other world and then it's like well what we don't really know and then the second season's like dogs are coming out of that world and then this season's like a flesh monster made out of melted rats comes out of that world and it, cool. it just no. I mean, I guess if they're going to do it that way, you could just make the show go on forever. Yeah, I think I think uh, they're ending it after the next season, so that is going to be kind of the end of that. Um, and uh, Good music, though, right? Yeah, the music is good. The score is good. The aesthetics are nice. The special effects are great. Uh, the, the relationships with the kids, all very strong. Humor is funny. It just got kind of like self-referential and just like really bogged down in like pop culture references this yeah. time around and it just felt just a little less brainy yeah i mean when it came out it was like fresh to be doing that like 80s synthy like john mouse orchestra type shit like now it's just like everyone and their grandmother's making one of these 80s shows like i feel like they have to go yeah. a little bit farther it's got it's gotten to a level with the 80s nostalgia yeah um 
and that's what like I saw like a, a band was releasing I forget what band was releasing like pre-orders for their new album and like you could spend like 40 bucks to get it on like 8 track oh um, that, that is cool I guess. I was like, oh, fuck. It's, it's also stupid. Yeah, there you go. That's what I would. That's um, what I meant. <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever. I'm not like, I haven't Harrowing. been thrilled with that. <laughs> um, I have been thrilled with two shows on HBO recently. Um, Big Little Lies, which I think is still really strong uh, from I, the last season. I was going to mention Big Little Lies. Are you watching it? No, but Kat's watching it. And I'm near it all the time. And it's every fantastic. time I watch it, I'm fucking riveted. Yeah, I mean, but, it's like, fantastic. she's in the middle. She was like, watch. I watched, like, the end of season two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is incredible. I should have watched this the whole time. Right, but I didn't. So now I'm here. <laughs> it's not like I'm gonna watch it all in my free time. Like, it, I I would watch it. I mean, I, I a high recommendation. Yeah. It's a good show. Okay. Um, and um, the second season's a little kind of pulpier and a little campier. It's not quite as good as the first, um, especially because they're, they're it was based on a book, which now they have surpassed. Um, classic HBO yeah, move. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Meryl Streep's in it this season, and it's like pretty. It's pretty compelling. Yeah. Um, and uh, the thing that I want to recommend the most, which I'm not sure I even really mentioned before, maybe I did mention that I had seen the first episode, but the show Euphoria on HBO is like up in the pantheon of like train spotting and, and the best of like Requiem, like the best of. Uh, is that um, the like, the like, like 13 the show? Like, I, I guess like. you could look at it like 13 the show I would say it's closer to like train spotting it's, oh, and kids Okay. it's super real look and super um, stylized look at teenage millennial disgusting behavior um, uh, it's a, 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 ostensibly a story about just like a, a, a girl who's a recovering drug addict who's maybe like 15 or 16 years old but it's also about all the kids that surround her and it's kind of like kids where everyone's got like a kind of a different story going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, it's got a very like fight clubby, like David Finchery. Like it's it's really um, crazy sweeping shots everywhere, and like the cinematography of it is just like next level. It, at times, it's really really impressive. Nice. I just have been blown away by that show. I saw some like kind of mediocre reviews of it originally, some up and downs. Mostly people being offended about how edgy it was and like but i assume that that is how it really is out there right now that people are dealing with stuff like transsexual kids in their school and like uh there's issues with like girl a girl who turns herself into a cam girl and stuff like that and like it's it's shit like that that i assume is really happening out there like that's like the version of what we did when we were fuckheads back in our school but like evolved in with the internet essentially i was an Um, enormous fuckhead uh, <laughs> Same. Yeah. Um, I was ordering. Uh, never mind. You but know, if yeah. you're, <laughs> I love when you say never mind. Yeah. I, I I can complete it. That's always the moment of uh, someone I work with might be listening. Yeah. Shout out Dan's coworker, <laughs> um, who stumbled upon this pod. Yeah. I, I hope you're not a fan of the man with the golden gun. Um, oh no, that like that, that movie. That dude quit uh, the other day. Oh okay, on, good. On Tuesday, on Wednesday. So that means he has more time to come out and pod. Oh yeah. For when we do yeah. live and let die. Yeah yeah. He has time to pod. <laughs> um, so yeah, Euphoria it, to me is a ten out of ten so far. Like wow. it's 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 one of the most like bold shows I've seen in a really long time. Love it, and it's got maybe the best score of any show on right now. It's, like, primal, electronic, like, deep house and, like, really melodic, like, haunting, crazy shit. It's, it's, it's like, next-level shit. I really right. like it. I'll check it out. It's on my list. Um, and, uh, as for 
the rest of the stuff that I've seen recently. Uh, did you check out P.T. Anderson's new short, uh, Anima? The Tom York thing? With the Tom York. With Tom York. No, did you that, see that came out the night before I left for vacation, so I just haven't had a show. I just got I, back. I, I'm not a huge Radiohead or Tom York fan, yeah, but... Don't you, like, not like Radiohead at all? Well, I, I used to like them when I was in, like, high school, and, like, I went and saw them and was very into them, but, yeah. like, it's just not a band that I feel like I need to keep checking in with yeah. for, for whatever reason. That's incredible. I'm sure it is, but um, this was really cool um just really liked it tom york was like his normal self but also like it was a very compelling crazy like dance music visual spectacular where he is like doing a lot of dance choreography yeah and and it's that's been his thing lately dancing stuff yeah like two albums ago they had a video for the song i think it was called lotus flower where the entire video is just like a still shot of him just dancing to their song and it's real fucked up yeah it's awesome um it was really compelling and it was really cool to watch and you should check it out you know it's like 12 minutes or something like that yeah. um, I'll check it, it out it made me almost wanna, it made me realize that Radiohead and, and Tom York like it w- goes really good with visuals like oh, yeah. I would like to watch maybe more Radiohead music videos if, that, if that's yeah. something maybe that's my window in their stage production's gotten pretty fucking ins- insane um, and I have just one more thing, and then I'll let you let you loose. Do, do, do um, your the, thing, man. the only other thing I wanted to talk about is that, especially with uh, you know, like we saw in the theater today, this new Quentin Tarantino movie coming out, I wanted to rewatch *Hateful Eight. Um, okay. uh, did you watch like the, the I, series version? I watched the extended series version. Four extra hard clocks, R's. Clocks in it like four hours. Yeah, were there um, more hard R's? I couldn't tell the difference because I did not remember the first go around enough that yeah. that it would have been like holy shit what is this about but I think it was a, a, essentially just like more conversations between characters like just more general padding I mean the movie is already a stage play essentially yeah. you know what I mean yeah, yeah, for so sure. like uh, when you add something to a stage play it's pretty hard to discern like what yeah. what exactly was added um, I found the first two thirds of it to be like some of Tarantino's most self-indulgent oh yeah and terrible uh it was like it, it it included elements from his other films in a way that was almost like the Kevin Smith yoga hosers thing that we've been tapping into where it's like when a director gets so self-serving and so self-indulgent into their own head and into and into their own work like the movie is essentially reservoir dogs yeah. in, in in a snowy cabin yeah um down to Tim Roth being brutally right, shot right, and right. being like, yeah. and like, <laughs> like it has a lot of references to Tarantino's <laughs> other shit, dude. And I was picturing the last scene from Reservoir Dogs where he's like, where Harvey Keitel's holding Tim he's Roth. Like, and I'm the fucking other. shot. <laughs> yeah, but I just pictured. I'm fucking dying. Yeah, exactly. But instead, I just pictured him go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's what he did in this movie. He got shot. He's like. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, I did not like... I liked the wrap-up of Hateful Eight. I hate that they killed Kurt Russell, because Kurt Russell was on fire in that movie up until his death. And, like, I think Kurt Russell is really, like, Tarantino's ultimate weapon right now. I think he's fantastic. It's good to see that he's in this new uh, movie that's coming out. And he looked like Um, a fucking boss in in the trailer. uh, I'm I'm gonna stay... uh, We may do an episode on it. I mean, that would probably be our next one. I mean, it comes out in a week or two. Um, Well... It won't be our next one yeah, because our next no. one is going to be uh, maybe something spooky. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe something I didn't like. It's, so uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like our next uh, episode's gonna be on that new HBO show, Los Spookies. Uh, <laughs> uh, Los Spookies. <Yeah. laughs> that is my favorite 
show of all time that I haven't seen yet. Just the title. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever watch it. But Fred Armisen show on HBO, uh, Los Espookies. Every time I, just I turn love on saying HBO it. Go, I see it. I, I see it on the on the I always say it out loud. I'm, I'm always like, like, I'm like Los, Los Espookies. I'm just like, huh. I'm like, someday I might watch that. <laughs> That's a whole As I move title. right past it to watch The Wire. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I didn't love Hateful Eight, and I'm, uh, I'll stay. I'll stay uh, positive for this Once Upon a Time in Hollywood movie, but the reviews have said that it is Tarantino's most least focused work. It's like um, kind of like the ma- you've seen The Master, I'm sure, yeah. right? It's like uh, that kind of thing where it's like supposedly extremely vague and doesn't have any through line, and it's just scene after scene <sighs> of different things happening. Um, that don't have connections. And I'm just paraphrasing yeah. what a lot of reviewers said, who said, you know, basically it's very self-indulgent in that Tarantino doesn't care about pace. He doesn't care about there being any particular through line in this movie more than just a pastiche okay. of what he saw in Hollywood in that it's time. more about the, and I was the hoping, world and the setting. Especially when you watch that trailer that we watched today, it seems like there's a story in there. And I was thinking when I was watching it today, like, I can see how... This might be the cobbling together of maybe the most coherent elements of this movie. Right. Like, you remember Inherent Vice, um, the P.T. Anderson yeah, movie the with Joaquin Phoenix? Where um, he's I like actually didn't watch it. I know. Oh, my I, God. I, I remember the cover of it. It's but very that's colorful very and similar, aesthetically pleasing. Very similar where when you watch the trailer of that movie, you're like, oh, Joaquin Phoenix um, just chilling being a stoner bum in, uh, slash detective in L.A. in the 60s. This is going to be great. And then you see it and it's so scatterbrained it's like and it's amazing scene by scene but like i don't know what the genre of movie is that when these auteur directors make movies that are um just like a giant bleh i mean people say that about the big lebowski i feel that way about the big lebowski in some ways i love that movie. that's my favorite movie i'm not gonna trash that movie in any regard because it works that pastiche works it's just weird enough it works if you have great characters yes exactly like People quote the guy who drowns Lebowski in the bathtub. Like, yeah. that's a non-character in the movie. Oh, yeah. You're down to the point with that movie where every single character says at least yeah, one thing hilarious. that's amazing. Even yeah. Tara Reid yeah. is funny in that yeah, movie. I'll suck your cock for $100. Exactly, right? <laughs> like, the fact that you know that, you know, but, uh, you know, that's like the edge of where I start checking uh, out. For the corrections we're... department, uh, I think she actually says I'll suck your cock for $1,000. <laughs> We're going to check into that figure, <laughs> folks, and figure it out. All right, that's everything I've watched. Uh, what have you been uh, watching in this gap, or is there anything particularly crazy you want to tell me about? Um, so I've been on vacation for a few weeks, so I wasn't watching a ton. I watched. Uh, I was very excited to watch that new John Favreau chef television show on Netflix, and that was just horrible. Just absolutely horrible. Did you see his movie, Chef? Yeah, that was, was not that horrible. Good? That was good. I have not seen that. Yeah, it was delightful. I mean, it, it's like... I think it says on the DVD box, delightful, in yeah. quotations. I would not be surprised. Yeah, it's not a, a movie to sit and watch and like get down to like the nitty-gritty. But like, <laughs> okay. If you want just like a so nice... So we're not doing a double up on that one? No. Okay, no. Cool. Um, I just finished season four of The Wire last night. Cool. And I was, uh, I've mentioned I've been tepid on The Wire so far, but season four was insane and probably like... In that elite level of top three best seasons of television I ever saw, with like Breaking Bad season five and Sopranos season six B. True. Um, so yeah, go watch The Wire. Six B, baby. Yeah. Um, so I did want to talk um, about this romantic comedy. You watched a good movie. Yeah, yeah a movie called. Karma uh, finally handed you a good one. Huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, <laughs> we watched a, a nice romantic comedy from 2012. Called, Not me. Yeah, we being myself and my girlfriend. Okay. 
we watched a movie called uh, Girl Most Likely, starring Kristen Wiig. How did I never hear of this? I don't know. I've never heard of it, even slightly. Um, this wasn't the one where she's naked, is it? No, I didn't know the there casino? was one where she was naked. No. Yeah, that movie's really good, actually. Okay. Okay, well, anyway, sorry. No, the reason I want to bring this up is because I've had a fascination lately with, like, in this current age of filmmaking, how generic and trope-heavy romantic comedies have become that, like, now it seems like all these edgy young directors are trying to bring, like, an outlandish new spin to a rom-com. So, mm-hmm. like, it's like going the distance. I was like, oh, like, it's a it's a rom-com, but let's make it, like, a little, like, a little more vulgar and, like, a little bit more, like, like like potty humor than like a usual or like bridesmaids like you know it's like right well that's really yeah so like this one i was just like i was like how like what would have made Kristen wig seven years ago be the star of a romantic comedy so i just like kind of wrote out my own version of what the plot summary of this was okay yeah let's hear it all right so basically uh wig is like a former promising playwright prodigy Okay. Um, who and I, I know nothing about this, and yeah. I, I didn't even read fully. I was at, I was at work when you sent me the link to this, so this is brand new yeah. for me. I'm going to try to picture this in my mind. Okay, right. so so she's Week like a, what again? she's like a that. former playwright prodigy okay. who's like now she works for like a magazine or something, like okay. writing schlock. And her whole life goes wrong, as like they tend to for women in these movies. Her like rich boyfriend dumps her, and then uh, she like goes into a spiral, so she gets fired from her job. Everything's horrible. So the way she handles it is to stage a suicide attempt uh, to win her boyfriend back. So that's how we're starting off this romantic comedy is a staged suicide attempt. How is how is the staged? So how she um, she basically writes a suicide note um, and calls her boyfriend, pretending like she took a ton of pills to be like, be like, hey, like I just ate all these pills, like. If you love me, you'll come. She literally says, "If you love me, you'll come get me." And then she hangs up, and then pours pills everywhere, and like vodka, and then just like lays um, on the bed. <laughs> what? Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. In this comedy, and then um, so her friend shows up first instead and finds her. So her friend has her like committed to a hospital, um, and so the hospital calls her mother, and you find out her mom, who is Annette Benning, who I have no idea how they got in this movie. Um, Annette Benning shows up and is just, like, this trashy, redneck piece of shit that, like, they're estranged, apparently. Okay. Um, and they're, like, she's, like, I don't want her, basically. And they're, like, you have to take your daughter because, like, we have, we, we need, I think they say, like, we need, real, like, space for real patients. Like, you're, <laughs> so they kick her out. <laughs> okay. So they go back to New Jersey and, um, like, oh, no, her house is, like, some wacky house full of characters. Like, you find out that her mom rented out Kristen Wiig's bedroom. To some, like, it's supposed to be, like, the hot guy in the movie. It's, like, some kid, but, like, he's, like, hot the way they treat, like, the kid from Kick-Ass. Like, in Kick-Ass 2, they act like he's kind of, like, a hot dude, but he's just, like, a dork pale, like, fucking... <laughs> like, it's, like, they... Like it, a Justin Long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, but like worse. Like, this dude's just, like, weird-looking, and, uh-huh. like... But they treat him like he's, like, Freddie Prince Jr. Um, mm. And then her mom... Do you thing for Freddie Prince Jr.? I mean, when I was a boy... It was very specific. Yeah, you know. When you were a boy, you had a thing for Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, I thought Star he was... Of- Wing Commander? <laughs> Is that the name of the movie? I don't know. I think so. The yeah. one where he's on a... Th- whatever one ending. Yeah, Freddie Freddy Prince Jr. star of, uh, like, every... Isn't he in Ready to Rumble, too? What did you like him in that drew you to him? I actually, off the top of my head, I can't think of an example. That's just, like, my go-to <laughs> 90s guy. Nice. But besides, all right, so the other anyway. the other person who lives in their house is uh, Annette Benning's live-in boyfriend, who's played by Matt Dillon, and is hands down one of the most insane characters I've ever seen Matt in a movie. Matt Dillon is quite younger than Annette Benning, is he not? He is. He is. What's up with that? He so so, so his name in the movie is George Bush. And his whole spiel <laughs> is that like, like George W. Bush? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so like and like Chris Wiggs like your name is George Bush. 
And he's like, yeah, like, why? It's just, like, all these, like, forced jokes with him, but um, he's, like, a total lying piece of shit that, like, her mom can't tell. He, like, tells them he's, like, a secret agent, and, like, George Bush isn't his real name, but he can't give them his name because he's in the CIA. But then he's, like, also talking how he's, like, a time traveler and shit. And, like, okay. and like Annette Bening totally believes him because she's just, like, a dumb redneck piece of shit. And, like, so the whole movie, it, like, is just Kristen Wiig being, like, rolling her eyes at this insane fucking character that's happening in the background. And the other person who lives there is her, like, super offensive autistic brother. Huh. Like, who's, Oof. like, this dude's really going in into, like, the autistic character. Mm. And his whole deal is that he builds all these contraptions, like, in Book of Henry. And uh, <laughs> his whole his uh, his like life's masterwork is that he built like a giant turtle shell to wear on his back okay, to like what? protect him from the outside world, and that's like the it C sounds plot. like it's like this the sounds C plot. like the Book of Henry. Yeah, so that's like all the exposition. Um, oh, and then you find out that like so the whole thing you think her mo- her dad's dead. You find out that like her dad's actually alive. Her mom just like lied her whole life because her dad's a piece of shit or whatever. Okay, that's like. Yeah, yeah. 7,000 movies. Right, so um, she gets uh, the hot kid to take her to New York. Oh, by the way, this kid is, like, supposed the to be, hot like... kid. <laughs> this kid's supposed to be, like, 18, and Kristen Wiig's, like, Ooh. Kristen Wiig age. And okay. she's basically, like, I'll fuck you if you take me to New York. Cool. So he take he's, like... Dream scenario for he's like He's, like, I'll take you to New York, but you have to come see me perform first. Okay. So they go to watch, uh, like, she goes to watch, like, and he's, like, yeah, I'm, like, a, I'm a musician. So she goes to watch his band play, and he's, like, the singer, the lead singer of, like, a Backstreet Boys tribute band. And there's, like, a whole musical act where they do, like, Backstreet's Back All Right, and, like, it's super choreographed. And, like, like that's, like, when she, like, falls for him because he's singing these Backstreet Boys songs. And like So is the the central love story between Kristen Wiig and this child? And this child, yeah. And this yeah. hot boy? <laughs> yeah, yes. This, uh, this front man of a Backstreet Boys Are tribute band. Are you kidding me? Um, what? So, long story short, she meets her dad. He's does like, she then have to kill her neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> does does this dude pass away and leave behind a series of notes and yeah. recordings yeah. on how to kill the neighbor? Yeah, he's like, go left. No, your other left. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, long story short, her, da- her, her dad's a piece of shit and like... Yeah, her, her dad's a piece of shit, and like she comes to realize why her mom protected her from him or whatever, because he's just like a rich asshole. Um, so he goes back home to reconcile with her mom, and you assume that's where the movie's gonna end. Okay, like you know everything makes sense, reconciled family, but then out of nowhere, a fucking assassin just like kicks through the fucking window and starts attacking and like punching the family in the face and shit, and you find out that Matt Dillon's character actually is a secret agent. And like this guy, no. this guy is here to kill him. No, <laughs> dude. But uh, luckily, are you fucking for real? Luckily, Kristen Wiig fucking goes in the basement and takes her autistic brother's shell contraption to like protect herself from bullets and shit. <sighs> so she's being shot and attacks this dude in this shell because like it's like I don't know. It turns out that the kid is a genius at engineering. But then the final scene in the movie is that she becomes a famous playwright because she writes about this whole experience and makes a play starring... Do you think that that is the true story of how this movie was made? <laughs> I don't. Did it say hold based on, on a true hold story? Hold on, hold on. The final scene is her watching her play to a packed houses on Broadway and it's starring Julia Stiles playing her. <laughs> Are you kidding Credits. me? Credits. <laughs> Credits roll. Yeah. That's like almost a big a, as ca- a cameo as Ryan Reynolds at the end of Detective It was, PJ. Dude, it was just like Spoiler that. Spoiler alert. Dude. Fuck you, Ryan Reynolds. No, because with that one, they like held the camera on him and like like the sun came up and they're like, look everyone, it's Ryan Reynolds. This, it was just in passing. They're like, oh, Julia Stiles. It's like they don't even focus on her. She's in the background playing Kristen Wiig in a play. I have that scene burned into my mind forever now. Yeah. 
So the point is, that's a movie. How many that Golden exists. Guns do you give that one, bud? <laughs> Uh, I mean, as, like, a, a shitty romantic comedy, I'd give it, like, you know, like, a five or six. I laughed a couple times. I thought it was fucking insane. As, like, a movie in mm. the scheme of, like, film, i give it, like, a negative 1,000. It was the fucking <laughs> most absurd thing I ever Negative 1,000. Dude, it was so ridiculous. I was just sitting there being, like, how did like honestly, how did this get approved by any studio to make this? Honestly, after watching The Book of Henry with you, I feel like this would have been your wheelhouse, but... I know. I was... Ex- I mean, you know, I, I didn't hate it, but it was... I was pretty offended by the autistic character. <laughs> so I looked up the kid who played him, and he's like a Broadway actor. And I was like, how did they get this dude into this movie? He's like a good fucking actor. And he's like, dude, it is it is rough. So, Annette Benning and an autistic kid fucking... F- and Matt Dillon in like somehow one of his crazier roles. How do we always end up talking about autism on this podcast? <laughs> Autism's in these days. It's in every goddamn it's, movie it's we watch. It's because every screenwriter is vaccinated. And it's so insensitive. <laughs> Um, so, is there anything else you wanted to share with us in terms of, uh, no. stuff that you watched? That, th- that felt like... No, that's enough. That felt like I watched the movie and it was bad. Yeah, that was like a... Was, I was pictured like, it in It was my like a teleplay eye. that, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I was not riveted by it's that. It's like, uh, what's that, what's that, isn't there like a movie where I there's a plot f- device where, like, the guy's, like, holding a screen over his head and wants someone to, like, tell him a story? You know what I'm talking about? No. I remember. All right. I think the only element I would have saved from that script would have been George Bush. Yeah. George I would have made a movie centered Bush. around uh, Matt Dillon as a secret agent yeah. named George Bush. And you know there's all sorts Baby. of jokes where they're like, more like George Douche. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You see the screenwriter like, wow, huge light bulb moment. Yeah. Like, oh, I just cracked it. Yeah. I'm going to call him George Douche this time. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking awesome, yeah. man. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, today, uh, we wait, are wait, going... wait, wait. I want to mention that I was trying to tell you about this movie, and it took me five days to find out the name of it because I couldn't remember enough plot devices. <laughs> I looked up like Kristen Wiig romantic comedy and had like seven hundred results. I was like, oh fuck. Today, we're going to um, explore uh, a new movie that we saw in theaters, which is Crawl. Um, but really, what I want to see uh, is, hey, you know, we haven't watched a movie yet that we both liked. Um, really been uh you know i i think when we did um man with the golden gun uh, i was intending to do a bad movie (laughs) right um and after that i wanted to immediately distance us from just like being a bad movie podcast Um, like how did this get made yeah of course and um yeah i mean so then we watched yoga hosers well not (laughs) well not on our own devices i feel like we've stumbled into several awful movies that i I just couldn't have seen tried to watch good movies yeah like things i was excited about (laughs) uh the crushing disappointment podcast rolls on with 2019's crawl see you later alligator well i saw my baby walking So, uh, 
It looks to me like you've done a written an entire novel about Crawl on your phone throughout the course of that movie. Um, yeah, I, I think I missed significant moments of it because I was typing a small novel. It almost turned into deep thoughts, yeah. but I, I steered it out of that lake there, at the last second. There were a couple of uh, really grotesque shots that I noticed you missed because you were type type typing away. So I, th I think you should uh, talk most about Crawl, and then at the end, I'll tell. I only have two notes for Crawl, and I'll read them at the end. <laughs> You have two notes I have for Crawl. Two notes. I have like a hundred notes. I know, for that's crawl. what I'm like saying. A thousand. I was too busy engaged with the right. movie. Let's um Let's start alright, I'm gonna start with just basic plot, okay? The most basic plot. At at literally broken down to one or two sentences. Basically yep. a girl needs to rescue her dad from their childhood home during a hurricane. Uh, with gators and crocs present, um, causing gators. all sorts of mayhem, causing all sorts of death. It's basically an action movie. Uh, it just came out. Um, it was made by Alexander Aha, who sometimes is my favorite horror director and sometimes is not. What um, else has he made? He made one of my all-time favorite horror movies called High Tension. Um, oh, yeah, we had this conversation. And that is kind of like Fight Club meets Halloween meets like... I mean, it's like... During the French horror wave in the early 2000s, uh, early 2000s when movies were coming out that were really shocking to watch, yeah. uh, this was one of the first ones. Like irreversible. It, it has some kills in it that still I can picture perfectly in my mind's eye. I want to say in Crawl, he even referenced one of those kills. Uh, there was a giant dresser at one point, like a bureau that looked exactly the same as the one from High Tension. That is one of the most brutal kills in that movie. That slid past one of the characters and slammed against the wall. Regardless, um, he made Piranha 3D, which both of us yeah. owned on our 3D TVs. Yeah. I actually think that movie is pretty yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, he also reinvented The Hills Have Eyes. And when he did that, that's what kind of put him in a different horror category of being a really big commercial filmmaker um, and not quite the same like guy that made High Tension, who was like a visionary. It was more like. Like a Zack Snyder when Zack Snyder started out. Yeah. Snyder's first movie was the remake of Day of the Dead yeah. or, or whatever, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Um, the Ving Rhames Mall one. So uh, he was one of those directors that we were all really excited about uh, back at that period of time. Now he does stuff like this where it's like, um, you know, he's already made a movie about piranhas. This is a lot more serious than that. Um, but this is kind of aping off of movies like Don't Breathe, yeah. um, which is fucking fantastic so it's, almost, it's almost like a like a like a hyperbole open water sure yeah i mean it's like a pressure cooker yeah. one scenario one setting type of yeah, movie like a bottle episode of a show um basically this movie kicks off uh during the credits introducing the main character the girl who ends up looking for her dad in this alligator whatever mess um <laughs> i'm gonna say alligator and crocodile i don't give a shit it's alligator okay croc if it was crocodiles they would have been able to come on land it was a was gator like, well yeah it was important because <laughs> it was crocodiles the whole plot wouldn't have worked because they wouldn't right, have been right, able right. to escape to like land right 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 yeah. um so uh, what what uh, I'm going to be delving most into here uh, is the plot of this movie, not yeah. revolving around uh, the Gators. Okay. Just revolving around um, uh, my summation of this movie uh, at the end is uh, that this is how I describe what happened in this movie. Quote, a girl and her lover slash dad get lost in a movie. <laughs> gotta get through this one a girl and her lover slash dad get lost in an increasingly labyrinthian crawl space where the phrase dad i'm coming and 
don't give up on me, daddy, are uttered seriously several times. <laughs> that was my synopsis of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so they introduce um, the main character. <laughs> everyone everyone, everyone should know that there were times during this movie where we were both laughing just like this. There was, there was a ten minutes, man, where we laughed at one moment forever. Dan... I'm about to do you a really big favor, bud. Okay. Because um, when I went into this movie, uh, at certain points, what I decided to do was take my phone out and record um, oh, no way. our reactions to certain things. I mean, I didn't get a lot of... I got some of us like being like, oh, shit, like when gators were attacking. Yeah, yeah. That'll be good. But the moment that you and I went berserk on and, <laughs> and started erupting in laughter in the theater, I have recorded on my phone. No and way. We're going to play it. Not do only you, that. Do you, have, do you have the dialogue that led oh, to it? Oh, yes. Yeah, I have <laughs> How long whole, were you dude, recording the movie for? Dude, listen. I started recording at the beginning of that speech. Oh, fuck yeah. It was kismet. Because I literally was like, all right, let's try this again. Just turned it on totally randomly. Just put it down on my shoulder. And uh, that's when we really lost it. Like, I... Basically, uh, this movie is so melodramatic. The relationship between the father and daughter, who are basically the only characters in the film, yeah. is so, like, I want to say homoerotic, even though, <laughs> it, <laughs> even though that, that really doesn't make a lot of yeah. sense. But, like, the relationship was it's like, it's gross. Like, yeah. It was not cool. It seemed like very Jerry Sandusky in one of his uh, sports prodigies who he's touching. Um, the movie <laughs> the movie opens up with, like, her being introduced as a swimmer. Yeah. Um, which I have so much to say uh, about. But first, here you go. I, I, I found this is um, basically several times in this movie when gators are viciously attacking people in the middle of a hurricane. The, the, these two people are stuck in a crawl space. They're grievously wounded over and over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, <laughs> and regardless of that, they still have time to have these this is us level yeah. melodramatic conversations with each other. During one of these conversations, me and Dan lost it. I heard something outside. I thought it was a burglar, so I snuck down and I saw you in the pool, taking your giant breath again and again. And you did it, Haley. You figured that shit out all by yourself. <laughs> and that's when I knew this kid's a fighter. <laughs> so we may be stubborn, but we do not give up. Mom was not happy, and I was selfish, and I didn't pay enough attention to her. Um, so basically the dad is the overbearing swim coach. Yeah. Uh, he, I guess she was some kind of prodigy. Um, my questions about her are this, okay? okay? I couldn't figure out how old this woman was, right? When the movie starts, she is swimming, right, in a pool right. with other people... It right. looks like a team, right. right? They don't say it's at a college. They don't really specify. No, I say it's at a college. Did it say it was at a college? When the movie opened, it was at a... I, I'm just going to name a generic Florida city. It was basically like... It was like uh, University of Florida, Tallahassee. Well, in terms there were, of... Because there was, there was Florida University Gators everywhere. They're at the Gator School. In, Get in it? In terms of specifics, did you happen to notice the official uh, sweatshirt she was wearing and what it said? No. Through the first half of the movie. No. Uh, it said Florida swimming. 
<laughs> yeah. Could have so easily been like a school logo or something more official. Literally just said Florida swimming on it. Yeah, so you and that forget, was enough. So you don't forget she's a swimmer. Uh, by the way, she looked like she was 29 years old in, oh, yeah. in reality. Yeah. Not somebody that would be on a team of swimming of any kind. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that was like tough for me to kind of crack what her deal was. But like her and her dad have this like super guilty back and forth relationship where like they don't talk anymore. He doesn't come and watch her games, even though she's 35 fucking years old and <laughs> probably has three kids in reality. Like, um, what I think is so stupid about the swimming thing and what I think is just so stupid about this whole movie is that, like, everything in this movie was so fucking on the nose. Like, the the end song in this movie. Yeah. The first yeah. lyric. It, it was like, alligators and crocodiles like, no, was attacking like, the house. And, and literally, like, the final shot of this movie is this harrowing shot of her, like, trying to escape, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, cut to credits, and uh, it's like, see you later, alligator and a wild <laughs> crocodile. It was like old time. It was like bizarre. it was like what South Park would have put for music in that yeah, scene. I mean, dude, this was a hum- This was a humorless movie. There was no the gore at times. Maybe approached some of it was almost funny, but this was like not like Lake Placid, which no, was, no. which was retarded. But I like, love Lake Placid, but fun. Shout you know out I to mean? Bill Pullman. This was more like um, just like a yeah. I mean, mm. should we talk about Casper again? Oh, I did love that movie. Yeah. I mean, I I do have a special relationship with that movie. I remember seeing it and being like, oh, that's what it feels like to be depressed. I got it. Yeah. Um, I think that movie was written by a, a, a manic, depressed person yeah. and a drunk. <laughs> Maybe Bill Pullman, yeah. honestly. Um, okay, so let me see uh, some of the things that I hear. Um, so uh, about it being totally on the nose, right? Like they set up in the first five minutes that she's a strong swimmer. She's on a swim team. Hopefully she doesn't get in a swimming accident. First of all, why is she practicing with her team when there's literally a hurricane that is currently coming down and right. and why has no one already checked on the dad why is she even in the pool swimming if it's such a big concern she like waits until after well no she it, says oh she has the facetime conversation yeah, with she's like her she's like they said it was gonna miss us um i wrote because of course she can swim good that will excuse all physically impossible shit she'll do later <laughs> my next nickname uh my next uh did it again my next um note was her dad nicknames her the Apex Predator. Probably will also excuse impossible <laughs> shit she'll do against real Apex Predators. Yeah. <laughs> like, they established in the first five minutes that her nickname with her dad yeah. is Apex Predator. Yeah. And that, which, by the way, that's sexual, too. Like, Yeah, because she fucks good. He's like, you can take over. Yeah. You're, you're the Apex Predator. You always end up on yeah. top. There's, like, these constant flashbacks where he's like, what are you? And she's like, an Apex Predator. Um, the dad is played by phonetically pleasing actor <laughs> Barry Pepper. Barry Pepper. Doesn't it sound so good? Yeah. Barry Pepper. Yeah. He is spicy. I, I turned to Pepper. you at one point. I said that dude has the most aesthetically pleasing cheekbones I've ever seen. I didn't like his ratty little mustache in this <laughs> yeah. movie. I hated looking at yeah. it. It looked like, ugh. I like, He's like one of those people that should not have facial hair. She walks in the first thing. She's like, why do you have a beard? <laughs> He's, he's like, are you kidding me? You just saw my, my arm almost got decapitated. That's weird. Um, so she originally goes looking for her dad at, at the first house. Um, I want to expose... On this podcast, I've been finding it fun to try to expose cliches that don't even have names that are just like new cliches yeah. that I don't think enough people talk about. Yeah. One of those cliches is showing up to a person's apartment that you can't uh, find and it's 
literally lined Covered in photos. No, no, no. <laughs> lined with past build do notices. Like <laughs> yeah. there's like there's literally fifteen of them in like a fan spread yeah. across the counter. Um then like you were just alluding to there. Um then another cliche sign of desperation. He's the like the dad just had all of the family photos out and they're just strewn all over the bed. Like you can instantly picture him drinking a bottle of bourbon, like exactly. wallowing in the pictures, like, where have I gone yeah. wrong? Like yeah. My, yeah. my daughter. Like yeah. oh, Well, how dude. else would she know where he went to? <laughs> like, there had to be two locations. Yeah. Because, because you had to see that many past due notices. Yeah, right. Um so yeah, that was a cliche I wanted to call out. Yeah. Like that it's always in movies like, you know, if someone is looking for somebody else, they go and they find the place and it's like it's like these people like they don't even open the notice. Right. It's just sitting there with the sticker on yeah, it. Like it's, and it's like, got like a red bar on it, it's so like, you know it's bad. Every single one is stacked so neatly on top yeah. of the other. It's yeah. just it's it looks like yeah. a sign And of this is also where we get introduced to the dog character. Yes, there's a dog that like it's Independence Day level of survival plot yeah. armor. Like, I do not know how the dogs survive the entire movie. Yeah. The dog's only purpose in the movie is to set up a bunch of moments where you think he's going to be eaten. Yeah, and that did make me feel pretty bad. I yeah. Mean, I, I don't like being, like, teased with animal torture. Yeah, I was, like, I was... Doesn't, I had a moment get me where I zoned out anymore. during the movie where I was, like, picturing, like, you know, you hear during, like, Hurricane Katrina about, like, people having to abandon their pets and shit and how there was just, like, fucking armies of dogs wandering. And then yeah. I was, like, picturing a mo- Like, I was, like, picturing myself in this situation where I have to, like, abandon the dog. And, like, I was, like, picturing abandoning my dog. And I was, like, tearing up a little bit. And then they took the dog with them. And I was, like, well, that's not what you would do. I'm glad the dog survived. Yeah. But it didn't make any fucking sense. (laughs) This was not, like, a fit-looking dog. This looked like a 12-year-old dog. It looked like your your dog. (laughs) Yeah, my dog. It doesn't have the physical fitness to go for a walk. She (laughs) surely isn't going to survive a hurricane. I mean, I thought... Every movie I watch now, as I get older, I ask myself a question that I never asked myself when I was a teenager, and that question is, would I have survived this movie? Oh, yeah. This movie is The no, answer's almost always no. no. <laughs> and I'll tell you why you and I would not have survived this movie. Um, the reason we wouldn't have survived it is something that I'm learning as I get injured. Both of us have <laughs> grievous injuries on our feet and legs right now from falling. I twisted my ankle. Yeah. Dan ripped his hamstring. Yeah. Um, and the fact of the matter is when I get injured, it spirals into a whole thing. Like the, <laughs> right. I, if I injure one part of my body, yes. it turns into a several week long hellstorm yeah. where I like fall into a deep depression and almost die. Whereas these characters are grievously wounded yeah. deeply again and again and again and are doing physical feats that are just bananas. And it just it just made me realize not only I don't think anybody could survive any of these things. I mean, Barry Pepper in this movie is literally having his limbs bit off every 20 minutes. A different part of him is removed in this movie. And he's just like, his grunts in this movie. His grunt work in this movie is fucking legendary. I wish I had a copy of the movie so I could... And, and also... Like he was like so how many fucking tourniquets could he have handy oh he had so many it was like the first one was like a shred of the American flag (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the second one was like a mix between a car seat belt and like and he's like uh, I mean uh, uh, the second time his entire arm gets bitten off yeah I would not, you know... Uh, you I, know how I, this movie ends for us is we drown. Like, yeah. very quickly. Well, I pass out first. <laughs> and then you and I both drown, but I don't know I'm drowning because I'm already yeah. totally not. Yeah, I slip and, like, pull something and then just get eaten. Um, <laughs> so, basically, this girl uh, realizes her dad is not at the new house with all the bills, but the old one. She goes and seeks him out. Um, 
Uh, then, Keeping in mind that her sister the whole time is like, don't fucking go there. There's yeah, like well, everyone's, everyone's, everyone's like, everyone, don't go there. Everyone's like, you're gonna die if you go there. And, and the, and the by police the way, officer is like, don't go there. She's like, I'm your... fucking going. I'm a swimmer. Yeah, she like literally <laughs> drove around 15. <laughs> yeah, I'm a swimmer. Which, uh, oh my god. Um, did you think that in the first like, let's say up until she got really bit by a gator, I thought the main actress was way too calm. Um, at one point. She's looking for the dad at the second house, yeah. right? She's pulling up to the second house. Yeah. We're talking, this is like Armageddon level hurricane. Right. It's like she's, day after tomorrow shit. She's sitting in her car, right? She pulls up to the house, sitting in her car. Yeah. Petting her dog going, you're my sweet little fur baby. Right. She literally quote, she yeah. said fur baby. And she goes, oh, you're so sweet talking to her dog. Totally yeah. calm. I know. She's I there to find her missing dad. Like, this chick has no sense of urgency for anything. None. That's None. Like, when she gets to the first, con- like literally, everyone's like, "Yo, don't go down there because if you don't get down there, like in ten minutes, that whole place is gonna be underwater." She stopped at the first condo to look at pictures of her sister from like <laughs> and like like reminisce about her childhood and shit. And I'm like, "Dude, go, just go." But clearly, she's like she she's just not believing everyone that it's a big storm. Despite I mean, the fact that they keep showing her point of view while she's driving, that she can't more, see anything. And it's anything. mortifying. That was it's, the most terrifying part of this entire movie. Was just the weather. Was the lack of visibility while driving. I was <laughs> like, that's so stressful. It, it was like end times level yeah. destruction going on. Yeah, they're at like the like the southern tip of Florida. It's like it's a storm. Um, so she goes into the basement of their old house, and lo and behold, she finds her dad, who is very, very wounded and, like, asleep and all fucked up. Yeah, there's blood and, everywhere. And, uh, uh, there are many gators down there yeah. in, uh, in this in this basement. Um, and... I, I like the first it, moment where a gator showed up, because I was not... I thought we still had another 20 minutes before gators well, showed up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, the gators are already down there. He has been wounded by a gator, uh, and this set off a chain of events and and things that I didn't understand from like a physical perspective. Um, basically, he like is laying down there, like bleeding out uh, for I'd assume hours yeah. and hours oh, yeah. that he isn't okay. answering the phone. That he's stuck down there with these gators. It shows. Why he, the fuck did, did these gators not just eat him? Um, because he crawled himself to safety behind the pipes. And that is the stupidest part of this movie, because these pipes yeah. that they hide behind in yeah. this movie, and by the way, we're talking one-third of this movie, they're using this little cubby with with rusty pipes yeah. to block from the gators. These gators, the first shot of the gator in this movie is him <laughs> bursting through the yeah. ceiling. Like the fucking Kool-Aid, man. And destroying <laughs> an entire staircase. staircase, like flattening it to yeah. paper. Yeah. And then lunging forward and attacking them. This gator was able to rip through the front of a house, and and it could not get past these three pipes that, by the way, did not block even the whole water. No. It blocked down to, like, two feet. Right. It didn't even make sense because a gator's snout is fucking this yeah, big. Yeah, I'm yeah. holding my hands up. It, this is a visual medium. Yeah, but um, It's um, a big snout. Uh, the fact that they couldn't be reached was so fucking stupid, and so much of the movie was predicated on this hidey hole that they were in. Um <laughs> And so, uh, you know, as I'm watching um, the movie, um, I'm trying to figure out the title. Like, is it because she is crawling through this area the whole time? Is it because the alligator is crawling? Is it because there's spiders that crawl on her face at one point? Oh, I forgot about and that. then, oh no, holy shit, it's a reference to the whole area they're in being a crawl space. Yeah. He says crawl space. Yeah. Never would have guessed that. Yeah. Never would have guessed the movie's title. It works title. on multiple levels. Yes, but I think, really... Yeah. Really, it was more a movie about a crawl space than it was about anything. I would have called it, like, Gator NATO. I'd say the number one plot Rock A, NATO. 
in this movie was Crawl Space. Right. Plot B was a, a girl Swim sexually fan. in love with her dad who used yeah. to molest her. And <laughs> and part C was alligators. Yeah. This movie is Swim Fan if the obsessed girl was your father. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so I just want to say, um, I want to throw my credentials down here. Okay. I have some credentials to throw down. Okay. I, believe it or not, uh, am an alligator expert. Um, my, <laughs> my expertise... I developed playing a game called Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, <laughs> in the area of St. Denis, which is a fictional recreation yeah. of um, whatever, um, of Louisiana, or what's that city? New Orleans. Yeah. Um, there are uh, outlying areas where I've done lots of gator hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've observed their behavior, which um, I assume is deeply accurate uh, if it was something made in a video game by Rockstar. Um and I, I, I can only say using that knowledge and several documentaries that I've watched and videos on YouTube, but I'm pretty sure gators do not move like they move in this movie at any level, nor are they as voracious and intent on hunting people to death um, <laughs> as they are in this movie. Um, they're pretty much like rabid and totally insane throughout the movie um, and super energetic at points, but also super docile and bizarre at other points where it doesn't even make sense. Like um, something that they drop in the last 20 minutes of an hour and a half movie about gators where um the dad is like uh oh honey you gotta make this distance you gotta swim it swim it for me baby but just you know remember no splashing the gators see the splash right uh they hunt nobody say he's like they splash they hunt he's like he's like he's like they they hunt he goes they hunt from the splash um, to introduce that concept, why he wouldn't have told that means her they that could have done they place. could have solved this problem hours ago um, because all, all they apparently they can just calmly walk past the gators. These gators in this movie have shown more than a thousand times that they react to sound. Yes, they react yes. more than anything. There are moments in this movie at a pin drop that fucking gator is like yeah. and like goes yeah. flying. Not at to mention them. five minutes before he says that uh, when she's going through the, the 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 drain pipe. Yeah, a gator is. Um, like notices her because of like slight bubbles from her breath yeah that's not a splash right exactly the Um, following scene they're like oh we can just gently walk past them and they won't be able to notice us because sonar is not a thing the most embarrassing thing about it is just like bringing that in your movie so late in the game right and then you have two characters that are literally fountaining blood out of their bodies (laughs) into the water that the gators are surrounded by. If you're going to tell me that a fucking gator is not drawn to a bloody bloody human being standing directly next to them... I mean, I don't know. I He's not know. exaggerating when he says directly next to him. Oh, the, at, one, at one point, he's like, stay still. And the alligator moves past them to the point where his tail is like touching both of them. But has no clue that they're there. None whatsoever. <laughs> Including the fact that they're holding a dog. That alligator would smell that dog. Um, very early on in the movie... Um... She needs to, like, swim away from the cubby that they're hiding in behind these blessed pipes uh, <laughs> and retrieve some object or some some uh, checkpoint uh, on the other side <laughs> yeah. of this crawl space. Yeah, the other part um, of the set. <laughs> and, uh, again, Barry Pepper has established uh, 45 minutes later in the movie that these things are sound reactive, that splashing, that, that it's game over. Meanwhile, when his daughter goes to fetch this item, he decides, she goes, uh, and this is a cliche also from other movies uh, that I've seen plenty of times, but it doesn't work in this movie for a thousand different reasons. She goes, talk to me, dad. Uh, keep me, keep me comfortable. You know, like, yeah, yeah. like yeah. talk to me. I'm scared. Yeah. 
but that results in them having a full-blown yelling conversation <laughs> yeah, yeah. about their feelings to each other yeah. as she is trying to avoid being eaten by sound reactive right. apex predators right. she's swimming and they're like they're like and that's why i told your mom i didn't love her because <laughs> i wanted to protect you yeah. and she's like i always knew that dad it was mental i was like no person would choose to have this this conversation at this point and they have four more fucking conversations throughout the movie that are operating at that level right all the while they're being hunted by the splash hunter yeah um lots of stubborn dad cliches going on (laughs) yeah right when she oh and they have to make clear that he's like a contractor so he's one of these like her her oh yeah he's a real tough guy um he's typical barry pepper (laughs) yeah he's he's, he actually was accredited as himself this was the sequel to saving private ryan um (laughs) (laughs) um anyway uh (laughs) saving private ryan is two and a half hours of barry pepper like whatever faggot Uh, speaking of that, uh, Barry Prep, Barry Pepper at one point calls the alligators pea brain lizard shits. Yeah, yeah. Which, <laughs> which I just want to say, like, um, there is a trend uh, in a lot of horror movies, especially ones about like creatures and ones that try to take themselves seriously. When they, when a character comes up with a stupid nickname like yeah, that, yeah. another cliche yeah. I'm calling oh, yeah. out here, where they go like. Um, get those scaly ass you know yeah. like and they yeah. create some stupid thing that no person would ever say right. especially when faced with a deeply uh harrowing troubling situation where they may die right you wouldn't be thinking of like quippy right. uh names to call something yeah. so to say like pea-brained lizard shit right was and just it's, like, so, it's so condescending after that pea-brained lizard shit spent the last hour and a half just devouring you and yeah. outsmarting you every which thing you've turned what, what, what i want to also say about that though is like when you have a character in your movie say that kind of thing about your main antagonist it makes that antagonist seem cheaper right i know that's a really weird thing to say but like when you have a character who should be scared quipping at the stupidness of a creature then that translates and me as a watcher i'm like yeah this is fucking stupid (laughs) like i agree barry this is dumb like i and it that kind of took me out and i was like why do we need to do that like would a person in that situation who just watched it's like independence day where they're fucking antagonizing the aliens it's like i'm pretty sure we just watched (sighs) two hours of you being absolutely shithouse terrified with those aliens another stupid moment in this movie there's there's a crew of people that are um raiding a gas station across the street um it's basically like bringing in fodder to get killed who cares whatever they're raiding the gas station across the street and just something from a logic point of view that drove me crazy so they're looting the one thing just because they're white doesn't mean they're not looting say light exactly Right. They're looting. All right, good. <laughs> they're just borrowing. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like I feel like <laughs> no. if they were people no, of color, looting. you would have been like, they no, are they're, looting. They're hooligans. They're thugs. They're <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. So the the one Shout thing out to Dave. The one thing they're stealing <laughs> is an ATM, which they're putting on a boat <laughs> right. that can't even carry three people, and 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 they have three people already. <laughs> yes. As their crew, it's a rowboat, and they're putting a full ATM. Yes. On the thi- I, I, that was ridiculous. Yeah. But then I th- when I thought they couldn't top how fucking stupid that moment was. I don't know if you noticed, they pan to the other guy, uh, their third party member. When he's taking a thousand pairs of sunglasses. And he's uh, inside stealing, of all things, the, of worth in a gas station. Yeah. Cigarettes. I mean, there are things that are, are really valuable yeah. in there. Things that, that in the apocalypse are worth He's bartering. stealing gas station sunglasses, which is already <laughs> something you should be stealing. Yeah. And like a lot of them. Like he's filling. He's filling. Like, yeah. if it was a, if he's it, like, I'll never have to worry about these again. Back to Red Dead what? Redemption. You would have been filling all of your inventory slots on sunglasses. Oh my god! 
Um, I wrote that uh, eventually in this movie, Barry Pepper kind of turns into a character from Star Fox um, <laughs> for his daughter, just saying things like, yeah, it's, do too, it's too dangerous, and things <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. She'd be like, I'm going to go swim out, Dad. Yeah. And she'd be like, don't get near the pipes. <laughs> it was, he, was like, <laughs> he was like the one giving her like mission objectives. Right, right, right. But it was just like, I it's mean. It's like uh, uh, the people who talk to you when you're playing Metal Gear Solid over your headset. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I am going to have to now ask, unfortunately, the final question, which is, was this a good movie? Did we finally break our hot streak? Um, Golden Gun ratings. Well, so we should start with, before the movie started, we gave what we thought our Golden Gun ratings Yes, I, I gave a 6.9. Yeah. And you gave a... A 7. A 7. And, uh, do you want to give yours now? Yeah, so I still give it a 7. You still give it a 7. Yeah. You're sure about that. Yeah, I really like the movie. You're sure about yeah. that one. So, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. So, I feel like this movie was completely aware of how stupid it was. And the way the the way that I saw it was like as like a tribute to these fucking goofy fucking monster movies, the same way that Piranha was, but this was more like, hey, those movies always look like shit. It's like a Sharknado type of movie. This was like we have, like, a budget, and now I'm, like, sort of a respectable director. Like, let's make the fucking most absurd premise ever and, like, have... Dude, this movie, I was expecting it to have absurd CGI. It had, like, really good practical effects. The gore was hilarious. I was, like... I enjoyed that I was laughing out loud multiple times, and I do think it was intentional for me to be laughing. Um, okay, so you gave it a 7. Yeah, I like that the first, uh... The first act... So, I, I, overall, I hated the first act. I thought the exposition was insane, mm-hmm. and I thought I was going to hate the entire movie. I liked that it started where, like, the the nemesis at first, the antagonist, is the storm. Then, for the whole middle part of the movie, it becomes the gators, and right when you think it's over, I'm like, well, they still have to deal with the storm. And then, sure enough, the storm becomes the antagonist again at the end. It's true. Um, and... a bit of variety. I thought a couple of the jump scares were, like, pretty well executed and fun. Um, just overall, I found it, like, I don't see myself ever watching the movie again, but I for what it set way. out to do, I thought, like, there's no way that this skilled of a filmmaker doesn't know how fucking outrageously stupid and trope-heavy this movie is, but it's still presented in a, in a great way. Okay. Not a great way, a good way. I'm gonna give this movie a five and a half. Okay. Um, I felt as if it was not self-referential, it did not, it was trying to be serious, for the most part, it took itself extremely seriously. To the point where it did what we've been complaining about with all sorts of movies where it didn't just, it wasn't just a movie about crocodiles. No, it no. was instead a movie about a person reconnecting with their dad, which is the trope that has been hammered to fucking death at this point for me. Um, it was a lesser version of um, one scenario, pressure cooker scenario movies like Don't Breathe, which if you want to watch this movie, just go watch that movie because... It does what this movie thought it was doing to the thousandth degree. Um, I felt no tension in this movie. Uh, there were times no. when I was worried about, oh, is this character going to die? But I was not engaged at a scare level. So for a movie to be a serious take on something like this, but to also have no tension really to speak of, and also kind of a bloated I felt tension act. when I thought the dog was going to get killed. Yeah, but that was like in your own mind. Yeah. That wasn't caused really by the movie, because the dog really wasn't put into really that many bad situations, other than being transported here and there. And, yeah. Um, I thought that for Alexander Aha, it was very tame. The kills were extremely tame. Um, the wounds that I saw were, yeah, very gory, but if you see some of his earlier work, it's gore at a level that is that'll stick with you for a lifetime uh as it is i don't think this movie will stick with me for more than a week um did not like the central character did not like uh 
any of the side characters a or b plots i thought were just hastily written um it just felt like a movie that was fine um I like that there was no supernatural aspect to the alligators. These movies were always like but they also they also behaved in ways that that were just unrealistic, uh, and, and they were aggressive to a point where they might as well have put if they put in something supernatural, maybe we'd be working with a more Gonzo movie. Uh, it's produced by Sam Raimi, um, who would, I would assume would want there to be another element other than just a sad girl and her pedophile father who, <laughs> who get lost in a basement for an hour and a half. Um, if you have a movie where the conceit is two people are really stuck in a place and being hunted down, just to have no tension, I think is the ultimate crime there. Um, just wasn't a good movie. I won't really remember it. I don't remember it fondly. It's already racing itself from my mind. Uh, I, I feel like, like I feel like you were too busy writing novels in your phone to like you missed. Like, I feel a lot like of I comments. have a pretty good grip on what happened in this movie and yeah, a pretty good but... analytical eye for what makes a movie like this work. I know a thousand movies that I could name and sit here all day that are like this. You, you hate Sharknado one. though. All you need to do is watch, you know, uh, a movie like... Yeah, this has nothing to do with that. I disagree. I think this movie is for fans of of Sharknado. I don't want to get into this yet because I think I wanted to crack into this on maybe corrections, but you and I have a very big split about what makes a good, bad movie. Um, A movie like Sharknado, to me, is the ultimate manipulation of its audience. It's basically saying, you know this is a joke, so we're not even going to try to make this anything but a joke. And to me, a perfect bad movie is a movie that is earnest. It's a movie that's self-aware. It's a movie like Book of Henry, which is um, basically people earnestly trying to execute something and failing. And the passion is there. And when you see passion and failure mixed, that's when I get really randy as a, as a type of critic type and a reviewer. Yeah. Whereas something like Sharknado, anybody could do that. Anybody could say, um, oh, let's just... Think of the stupidest thing possible and do it. And I've seen movies that do that right. I would say even Piranha is on a very different level than a movie like Sharknado and a movie like this today. That movie is deeply self-aware. That movie is funny, but the kills in that are stuck in my head. I remember Jerry O'Connell's penis being eaten in that movie. That is the kind of movie I wanted today. Um, This was not that. This was just... Uh, someone trying to make a good horror movie, trying to cash in on It Follows and movies that are these tight, compact, single-setting ideas that uh, you know draw you in with these good, mellow, dramatic situations. This one had a bad version of that. It um, Follows is so good. I, I think this was a bad, just a bad movie. Um, what did I? What did I hit you with the other day? I told you I was like I remembered what my uh, my favorite bad movie is. Do you remember what I said it was? I don't know. That's your responsibility. I know. Um, well, anyway, um, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's our review of Crawl. I really, you know, just am down the negative path here, I guess. But um, maybe our next episode will perk me back up, uh, where we will be watching Pet Cemetery. Um, and uh, I don't know. Until then, folks. Um, Is that it? Are we just ending the movie? Oh, no. No, no, no. We are going to uh, do one more segment today. Um, and that segment is going to be very fun. Um, we are going to watch two movie trailers together, one of which we are very excited about, one of which I am very scared of, <laughs> personally. <laughs> um, uh, and those movie trailers are Jay and Silent Bob Reboot and Cats, um, the new... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about the trailers. The new we saw uncanny today. valley pornographic hellhole that uh, I might subject myself to at some point, just to have uh, extra special nightmares. Um, so yeah, 
let's uh, go check those trailers out, and we're going to come back and talk about them. Okay. So I feel like we've we've both been pretty cooperative so far with the pod of like watching each other's bullshit choices, like no matter how fucking harrowing they seem. Okay. And like I feel like we need to each have like one hard like veto mulligan available because when if, if you pick that fucking cats movie, I'm gonna fucking quit this podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my fucking shit. Shall we watch cats or no? <laughs> um. Dude, what the fuck was that? Dude, uh, I that, can't, was, that was like the stuff of nightmares. I can't wait for someone to recut that movie into a horror trailer. I mean... I mean, they already did. <laughs> I like the the miniature, like the the macro work, like making things look yeah, like, yeah. like the, it's very large and yeah. they're cats. That might be one of the most egregious uses of CGI Dude, ever. That was fucking harrowing. <laughs> Okay, so Cats was a musical that I loved when I was a little, little kid. Okay. When I was a, a little kid, my parents and I went to Cats several times. Several times? Yeah. Yeah, we saw all the big Broadway musicals like once or twice. Like We saw Phantom probably twice or three times even. Really? We saw The Lion King I've seen two or three times. Shit, yeah. Shit that only white people say. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Cats multiple times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I've seen Cats six or seven times. <laughs> wow, yeah. I mean, I used to like the music a lot from Cats. and But one thing to note about it is that I think Cats is so successful on Broadway in part because the makeup is so fantastic. Yeah. And it's basically um, enough makeup that they definitely still look like human beings while giving them feline attributes and clothing that kind of looks feline and I think that that makeup has always worked, even in still photography up close. Right. Like, there are some Broadway plays where if you look at still shots of the characters up close, they look very silly. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas Cats is a gorgeous musical on that level. And I feel like there are people... Now, I mean, that play has been running for 30 fucking years or so. There's probably people who have been working on the makeup for that play for 30 years that watched that trailer and had heart attacks and died because... Instead of makeup, it's a full CGI rendering. It looked like everybody was kind of like a Nightmare Hell version of Mike Myers as the Cat in the Hat, um, which <laughs> which that was even practical yeah, uh, most right, of the right. time. That at least had some sort of practical makeup. But that dipped into the Uncanny Valley territory a little bit, yeah. where you would look at it and be like, "Ugh, that's kind of Mike Myers." And like yeah. that one was less successful than even Jim Carrey as the Grinch. Like Jim Carrey as the Grinch, you look at that; it's kind of hard to see that it's even Jim Carrey. Right. Like, you cannot make out that it's him. If you were to see a still shot of Jim Carrey's Grinch, you'd be like, I, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Um, whereas Mike Myers, that one is, like, a little bit dipping into the weird pool. Yeah. This is, like, where, fully where immersed. Where the cat in the hat is like, he looks like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one is fully immersed in weirdness. This is, like, the most uncomfortable, Dude. uncanny valley thing I've seen since... Did you see the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer? That's yes. So, this is like worse than that. Oh, yeah. This is like this uh, is insane. This is like this is insanity. This is like the computer was rendering who it was at twenty five percent, and they cut the trailer yeah. at twenty five. Who is this rendered. for? Uh, this is... for like gay men. 
dude, this is fucking crazy. You know when they filmed this movie, it was a bunch <laughs> of famous actors with their faces done up and then just wearing green bodysuits. Yeah. Like, Dude, Oof, what dude. the fuck and was the, the CGI tails? Too. I felt like physically Ill, like uncomfortable. My skin crawled yeah. while yeah. I was watching yeah. that for sure. Um, and of and of course, fucking uh, uh, what's her name? Fucking what, what's the the larger woman's name that's in in all these things? We just saw her in the trailer. Melissa Rebel Barnett. Rebel Wilson, <laughs> Rebel as Wilson. usual. They're like, oh look, it's the funny fat character. It's the middle of this fucking heart wrenching uh, song, and all of a sudden, it's just like Rebel Wilson, like, look, I'm fat and weird. Rebel Wilson is like, uh, unlike uh, someone like A.D. Bryant, who has her own uh, show that I highly recommend that's kind of like a lot about her weight and stuff like that, but it's done really tastefully and is really interesting. Rebel Wilson uh, is like Melissa McCarthy, uh, two movies into her career, but stuck in neutral, where <laughs> she's still only making movies where yeah. she's a fat mess. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's like gone down like the Chris Farley path, where it's just you, you look physically irredeemable, yeah. so yeah. you just she's, have to keep playing She's one that. movie away from a Chippendale sketch. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I, ugh, man. I mean, that, that, yeah, that Dude, was what upsetting. the fuck was that? <laughs> James Corden? Yeah. As I mean a, that no that's that's the only part of that all that makes sense. I'm like of course that's who's there. Yeah, but ooh, just yeah. the makeup. Yeah. The makeup on Jennifer Hudson uh is, while she was singing uh Memory, which is like the number one song from that, uh looked like her all the actors look like they're being scalped by a computer. <laughs> yeah. Like their their forehead is missing, like their cranial yeah. is missing like I think cats like have a low profile. Their eyes are kind of close to the top of their head, whereas a human being has a whole cranial mass that they seem to have edited out. It's kind of like um, everyone's face is just like in RoboCop when they first unveil uh, his body, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. really just one yeah, shred of his yeah, head. Yeah. That's like all that any of the actors have. Um, <laughs> and I want to fuck Taylor Swift as a cat. <laughs> More than I want to fuck her in reality, I would fuck her as that cat because that is going to set the furry population ablaze. Literally, all I was thinking was that, like, how many fucking dudes have jerked off furiously to this trailer already? A lot. Like, just like a gift. I mean, there's one in this room. Taylor Taylor Swift holds off a fucking, like, it's like a a shaker, like a pepper shaker. It says catnip and it's, like, all sensual, like. Yeah, so she's uh, laying in that leaf. Like, I would let her sprinkle whatever started. was in that jar on me. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know about that. I find it's probably catnip. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you on that one. I was equally uncomfortable as Taylor Swift, by Taylor Swift as the rest of them. Mm, no, she was like, uh, she was like, fuckable. she was like meow. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she was like, meow. Um, <laughs> dude, who is that movie no for? No part I'm... of Cats the Musical is supposed to make you want to fuck the cats. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. Why do you think I saw it so many times? Yeah. I, I was, was more. Erect. I was more drawn to the. Uh, narrow, <laughs> and that that is not it. Um. Oh my God. How do you even recover from watching something even that? Dude. Time? Uh, two hours of that is going to be terrible. Dude. Bad. I will quit the podcast if you make me watch that movie. No, uh, <laughs> consider it. Um. I don't see a world where I could possibly oh, sit through that movie without, like, consuming copious amounts of liquor beforehand. Um, so, yeah, that was a nightmare uh, born from a gay man's hell from very <laughs> far away. Uh, and all the animators on that project deserve uh, a pat on the uh, back and, and, and someone to ask them, are you doing okay today? How do you feel? Uh, because After the revolution, those are going to be the first people to the gallows is the animators for that movie. Yeah. Wipe them out. Yeah. Uh, this is the from the director of um, Les Miserables yeah. with Russell Crowe. Yeah, have you yeah. seen that movie? Yeah, I have. Wow. Yeah. 
that movie's pretty harrowing that's, too in terms yeah. of like just the them capturing the raw audio uh, instead of having them do ADR for all the singing yeah. and Russell Crowe attempting to sing while doing like army stuff at the same time when he can't sing in the first place it was pretty incredible. I can think of very few films based on classic plays that are good there are very few but I mean Bye Bye Birdie well, the 70s no, version of Bye Bye Birdie no, is there's, fire there's a lot there's actually a lot honestly um, Little Shop of Horrors is incredible. Okay, I, I like classic. I mean, like, I mean, I mean, like, listen, the, I mean, listen, like, I'm gonna keep going. The Music I mean, like, Man is fantastic. The movie, The Music. I don't Man. know that I've ever seen. It. I saw um, The Music Man on the Broadway. The movie Guys and Dolls with Frank Sinatra is incredible. Okay. Yeah. Um, and West Side like, Story is incredible right. and is currently being remade by Steven Spielberg. I mean, like recent, like recent films. Uh, Chicago is one of the most successful movies of all time. Okay. Well, I guess I'll go fuck myself. I would prefer that. All right. Um, anyway, the next thing, uh, speaking of Dan fucking himself. I'm saying they fucking ruined Sweeney Todd is what I'm saying. <laughs> I thought I didn't like that very much, but I didn't, I would have preferred if there was no singing in it. I felt like they could have done a take of it with no singing. The songs in Sweeney Todd are the shit. Yeah, well, The demon barber of the street. Whatever I had watched was not the shit, so when, I guess uh, the play is When better. I'm cooking, I'm pretty often whistling the Mrs. Lovett Meat Pies song from Sweeney Todd. <laughs> okay. uh, I'd like so, you to perform that in full right now. But, well, uh, no, so when we when we do watch Jersey Girl, there's a whole scene where Ben Affleck sings that song. It's, it's just, just delightful. Well, that brings us to our next topic. Boy, um, that's good! We will actually have an episode uh, where we will be doing... Um, not only Jersey Girl, but um, the new Kevin Smith movie, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, which we bought tickets to today. Yeah. Um, we're going to do like the kind of thing where you meet Jay and Silent Bob, where they come out and they talk, and yeah. there's questions. And They're Dan like presenting will the movie. Probably embarrass himself and be sweating the whole time, geeking out over his man love. Yeah, I'm going to be like, remember when you signed my Degrassi DVD 12 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> you said you loved me. He'll be like, are you okay, man? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, he's gonna, be, he's gonna be like, of course I remember that friend. Um, uh, so we're gonna do that. Um, and uh, today we watched the trailer for this new reboot movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, what do you think about it, Dan? I um, I I don't see a world where me, as the person that I am, could watch a trailer for a Jane Silent Bob reboot movie and not love it and be excited for it, despite how flawed it looks. <laughs> exactly. <right. laughs> it kind of looked like uh, Super Troopers 2. I was 2. like, wow. I thought Super Troopers 2 was pretty funny, actually. That puts you in a very specific I subset I of human beings that don't exist. I I thought... I was expecting I Super watched Troopers... I hated it. I, I, hated I, I expected it to be like a so 2, dumb. and I gave it like a comfortable 5. The first scene of it is just... I knew from the first scene. I was like, okay. So, the scene. movie itself was bad, but... It redeemed itself entirely from that one scene of what's his face fucking using the dude's dick as a fucking punching bag. I, I laughed. Remember. Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe using a giant dick. He was funny in it. I was crying, dude. Uh, anyway, though, um, this movie was awfully like. So I don't know. I'm wondering if the entire movie is going to be like, hey, remember this line from Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, or if they were just like, let's just I mean, throw all of that into the trailer. What I think is interesting is that this movie is specifically being referential to Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, right? Which I think is flawed. Why? Because that movie is n- this movie will never be as funny as that movie. No. So to model it fully on it is kind of like dooming it a little bit from the but start. But it's a reboot. That's the concept. But it should be a reboot of just them in general. Maybe them as Blunt Man and Chronic or blah, blah, blah. Right. This is obviously they are redoing characters, scenes, yeah. should plot we, threads, and scenarios. Should we run direct- down the characters that we saw? I mean, go ahead. All right. So 
there's Jane Silent Bob. We yeah. had Ben Affleck as Holden McNeil. Right. We had Jason Lee as uh, Banky, um, as well as as Brody. Um, we had uh, Craig. What? What's that? Um, Craig T. Mills. No, the the, coach. the gentleman from <laughs> the gentleman from the office, Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson. Yeah. He was not recurring his character from Zack and Mary, but it appeared. It looks like the Justin. Long Justin Long was the gay lawyer, Randy right? Saint. Well, in Zack and Mary, he's a porn actor, but oh right, right, he right, had right. the same accent, so it seemed yeah, yeah, it, it seemed, seemed like similar. It. So okay. and that's like the funniest character in that movie. I feel right, which uh, I guess like that's the first illusion that maybe that movie takes place in the VSQ universe. Yes, yes, 100%. Okay. Um, and You're welcome. That was a good yeah. one from a non-fan. Yeah. Shannon, Shannon Elizabeth, right. as, uh, as I forget her character's name, but... Uh, Destiny. Justice. Justice. Yeah. Um, and Harley Quinn is there, so I'm sure you were pleased about that. Uh, here's the thing about that. Parts of me were pleased. Okay. I know which parts. Uh, the parts <laughs> of me that weren't pleased are, is the part of my brain that had to watch Yoga Hosers. Um, <laughs> And then now I realize that I can't even watch her act because that movie was so, so terrible that just even seeing her in this trailer acting gave me bad vibes. <laughs> For sure. The other thing that gave me bad vibes is that the plot is obviously this gooey love story about, uh, you know, Jay finding his daughter and his daughter is being played by Harley Quinn Smith, who's kevin smith's daughter yeah which is pretty fucking on the nose um and is very obviously you know i see the angle it's gonna be kind of like clerks too where it's a remake of something that really didn't have a soul and was just like funny but giving it a little soul like clerks too was the injection of we're getting older um you know can we do this our whole lives like what are we gonna do next like you're stuck running the video. Like, you're still the same. You know, there are lessons think, to be learned in it. Yeah. And that looks like he's injecting that into this, which is fine and everything. But if you watch Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, that movie really wasn't trying to say very much other than this is fucking hilarious shit and just laugh. Felt like actually the first Kevin Smith movie to be almost like a skit, a right. series of skits, um, which I thought was great for what it was. So this is kind of like maybe muddying the waters a little bit it looks a little dour but it also has some really funny jokes yeah, and some I'm, really good I'm pretty characters. excited about it I, there's one thing that I found extremely unpleasant to the eyes is why does Jason Mewes now look like a 60 year old grandmother drugs are a hell of a drug dude that dude's been sober for 7 years and looks worse than he's ever looked in his life <laughs> Um, his fucking lips are weird. Yeah, he looks very waxy. Yeah, he yeah. Looks very he's odd. very shiny. He's his wife is probably making him get Botox or something. Yeah, dude, that's what I was thinking. It's fucked. Oh, what about Kevin Smith? He looks like a sunken pumpkin. <laughs> dude, lost he looks like two hundred pounds. He looks like he's currently still having his heart attack. He's like <laughs> wow. his eyeballs are like like deep sunk into his head. Oh, um, and uh, there were the characters from How High were in the movie for a second, yes. which was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was like, what else are we gonna throw in here? Um, yeah. I, I like that they showed Ben Affleck for all of one second. Like, I, I like and that he said bong. You, yeah, you can tell for this movie. He's he's like, all right, what's Jane Saw Bob <laughs> known for? It's the fucking dirty movie where there was a thousand cameos. He's like, all right, let me get two thousand cameos this time, and I'm on board. I'm on board. Uh, definitely looks like a cheaper movie than Jane Saw Bob Strike Back, but we'll see if his favors out. are strong enough to outweigh his ina- inadequacies uh, right. financially. Right. Um, so yeah. Um, I mean, he's going to make all the money back by charging $50 a ticket for the fucking movie like we spent this morning. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, 
okay, people. Wait, we didn't talk about any of the trailers we saw today at the movie theater. Oh, right, yeah, I guess let's do that. Yeah. Um, my Wait, God. Wait, can, can I tell you first my uh, my two notes that I made for, oh, yeah, Dan for, two, for Jaws uh, 3D or whatever we saw earlier? Two notes for uh, Lake Placid 3. Yeah, so I, I have two notes. One, You wrote seven pages of a novel, and I which, wrote... Which, again, by the way, there are better alligator movies than even this. If you see the movie Rogue, yeah. um, that is a far better alligator movie Did than Did you this. see Lake, Lake Placid 2? Uh, no, but the first one is funny. Yeah. All right, so my two notes, in contrast to your fucking, like, college-level essay that you wrote, is the swimming father-daughter subplot is insane. <laughs> second second note, Barry Pepper is just this movie's grotesque punching bag. <laughs> <laughs> he was taking all the hate in this one. Dude, he's... From all his sides. His character is only there to have limbs bitten off. <laughs> <laughs> he was just a living snack yeah. throughout that movie. Um, so what trailers did we see? We saw two two battle royale movies. Basically. Yeah, two fucking movies that are produced probably by Bloomhouse that are just rips on the fucking purge. These movies that think that they're being smart or edgy. It's basically an I thought evolution. One of them looked really good. It's an evolution from bad movies like the Saw franchise, where it's like violence for the sake of violence. Um, pseudo comments on political culture and and rich people it's just like it's just been done to fucking death and i do want to say that both of them i think one was called the hunt and the other was called hide and seek yes which by the way is already a movie like exchangeable too like um um, i uh felt as if they actually looked pretty good yeah i thought the Um, hunt looked really good but again to me the purge looked good um, and, right. and, and the purge is like terrible i think worse. i think that all of these movies that are trying to be edgy with their political statements about wealth and then are just really at their core torture porn stupid movies i can't get into it anymore man yeah the kind of horror i'm into right now is is high fucking brow i'll just be honest like i can't watch a movie like crawl and be like that was a good movie i cannot because i the things i am currently into and and we will get into a lot of horror stuff uh in the oncoming next week and next week um and um I have a lot to expect from horror movies. I've seen so many thousands of iterations of the movie that we saw today that work better. Um, there's a movie called Splinter uh, that takes place at a gas station um, where people are being hunted by this extreme alien entity creature and they're stuck in the gas station the whole time. Yeah. That is a more fantastic movie than this. In terms of movies, like you said, you kind of teed up that um, uh, the first enemy was The Storm. Well, that that was never hit better than Neil Marshall's The Descent where the first half of that movie, up to the hour and five minute mark or so, is harrowing cave diving yeah. accident. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, and, no, and part tension, of, no part tension, of me is un- claiming... Tension unrelenting. Yeah. Um, and that is how you make that kind of movie. And I'm not then putting the monster Crawl show. in the same genre or quality of film as The Descent. Right. My opinion of Crawl only exists if I'm correct in thinking that they are aware of how fucking stupid the movie is. If this was I like didn't an see entire any comment on stupid on it being stupid though, everyone was dead serious about the Gators the whole time. That's why All I the think kills it was funny. were were realistic and not not overblown, not like Jerry O'Connell's Dude, penis. He rips the fucking dude's head off at one point. Well, it's a goddamn gator. <laughs> it's like a, a feast of alligators. I mean, yeah. of course, someone's head is going to get bitten, but it wasn't excessive. I've seen. Yeah. Animal movies and horror movies that put to shame the level of gore that was happening. This most of it was just a gator diving at somebody, maybe a little splash of blood, and then they just kind of get ripped back and forth. Um, and you know, the descent also has stuff like Barry Pepper in this movie, where characters have to 
heal injuries that they yeah. secure and there's a, a bone resetting scene in that movie yeah. like there was in this that I I was like ready to throw up <laughs> yeah. um, whereas in this movie it was just kind of like okay this has been done a trillion times the bone setting thing and yeah. this one was particularly disgusting yeah. um, but the it's sounds like for this could one a person really like have their arm amputated and bone sticking out of their body and like be operating yeah, at the level still climb onto a roof. <laughs> and still be super handsome and cut <laughs> like Barry Pepper yeah um <laughs> <laughs> Could a dude have his arm removed and still bang his daughter with the same ferocity? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I love the clip they show of her like getting out of the pool over and over again, where she's like leaning against the front of his body yeah, and like his crotch is touching her. And what was uh, what was the final line? What was her final line from the movie? Her big fucking moment? Oh, I don't remember her like final like Arnold Schwarzenegger line. She goes. Apex Predator all day. Yeah. It was like so hard to buy her performance in that moment. It was terrible. All day. Um, okay, so the movie trailers we watched. Um, also, Gemini Man, uh, the Ang Lee movie. What the fuck was that? With Will Gemini Smith uh, as oh. an old man I wrote, and a young I wrote, man. I wrote two Battle Royale movies and a Will Smith thing. Dude, that Will Smith movie looks. Right. Here's I, what's... I, take, I take it back. That's my veto movie. Here's we can watch there. Cats. No, I forgot about I the Will Smith, watch movie. Will Smith movie. Dude, that um, shit looks. Everyone needs to pause this podcast and go watch the trailer yeah, for, Gemini, for the man. new fucking Will Smith joint and tell me what the fuck is happening. In that it's, movie. It's a, um, Why is there a CGI version of Will Smith acting with Will the real Will Smith? The thing is that the CGI actor of Will Smith, voiced by Jaleel White, it sounded like. Well, no, I mean the CGI actor of Will Smith is supposed to be twenty years younger, thirty years younger. Okay, right. But the problem is that Will Smith is a fucking ageless dude. Yeah. So yeah. his old version, his current version of himself, who is a cop that is hunting the young new version, the clone of himself, yeah. they look fucking pretty much exactly the same. And they so they pitched his voice down, obviously, so that he sounds like a younger Will Smith. Right. But pitched, the bottom line is up. the bot yeah, the bottom line is you just can't even tell who's who. Right. And it's just a muddled disaster. They should have picked Okay, here we go again. I don't know why this always happens, but I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to fucking say it. Say it. They should have picked a white actor. <laughs> because black people age more gracefully at times, especially really rich ones. Denzel Washington has looked exactly the same for 35 years yeah. straight. Yeah. Um, uh, um, Morgan Freeman has looked the same for 40 years straight. Um, if you did a movie where Morgan Freeman now was hunting himself from 40 years ago, it would be indistinguishable. Um, and that's the problem that we have here is that Will Smith looked great. When he was young, he looks pretty great still to this day. Yeah, he has, like, yeah, one gray yeah. beard hair. He's a fucking hot man. And that's, like, supposed to, like, discern him from yeah, right. this younger version of himself but that also, he's chasing. Like, this movie, they're, like, th- this trailer, they're doing the reveal. It's, like, a slow, slow pan around. You hear the voice, and you're, like, oh, who is this actor? Like, is this Michael, uh, what, 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 Michael B. Jordan? Is that the guy? Julia White. Yeah, fucking, it pans around, and you see it's Will Smith, but there's just, like, this, like a child's quality. voice coming out of yeah, it, and it looks shiny. It's voice. fucking... Oh, I, I was upset and I hated it. You were like, why is he talking like that? And I was like, dude, look at his face. Yeah. And you were like, ooh. <laughs> he should be in Cats. Digital. Young yeah. Will Smith should be just turned I into d- a cat. I was like, that's not Will Smith's voice. Same computer program that, made that. That ain't I the think. Fresh Prince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Parents just don't understand this movie. Um, Folks, I'm going to wrap it up. We're wrapping it up. We love you guys. It's episode seven. We're back. Get ready for episode eight, which yeah. will be dropping... Next week, Next baby. fucking week, baby. Next week, well, baby. I gotta see if I have time to edit, but hopefully these will come out in a very timely fashion. And that next episode will be our Stephen King super spect- spooktacular. <laughs> baby. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>